I, wide receivers, I would tell all the wide receivers when they come in, I said, man, hey, well, congratulations. Y'all made this team. I want you to call everybody you know, your mom, sister, brother, uncle, niece, nephew, cousin, and your best friend, and tell them you made the team. The Dallas Cowboys, you made it as a wide receiver, but you will not be catching any passes. That's Michael <laughs> Irvin's job. That is Michael Irvin's job. Let them know that right <laughs> show so I, I want to introduce Michael Irvin playmaker Hall of Famer greatest wide receiver to ever play the game great friend but I needed to, I need to tell this story to begin with this is and I'm going to tell you how I met Michael Irvin the first time mm. so it was he looks a little nervous it was 92 and we had what we call mini camps back then it was, and they were they were rookie mini camps the veterans were not supposed to be there at all. So the rookies, <laughs> we drafted, the Cowboys that year drafted four guys that were defensive backs. We were lacking at the, at the defensive backs, especially cornerbacks, and we needed to get faster. And all fast guys. All fast guys. So they went out, Jimmy went out and said, you know what, we're going to get the secondary right. They go out and get Kevin Smith and myself and a guy named Clayton Holmes and all these guys. Oh. So – that's the team. That's the organization. I mean, that's that's the group we bring in. And we're in minicamp. And Dave Campbell, we're in a small little room. And it's dark, man. No veterans there. Just rookies, right? All the defensive backs. There's 10 of us in this one room. Probably the same room DBs are in now, right? No, I mean, no, no. Their headquarters are different now. Well, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, at Valley Ranch. Yeah, when Valley I was there. Ranch. I'm sorry. Say yeah, yeah. next to the D-line room. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Okay. Same yeah, little yeah. room, right? Yeah, yeah. Dark room. Campbell's got the clicker, right? And he's showing us, Campbell's running through coverages. We call it switch coverage, coverage four and coverage three and all this. Now we're going through these coverages, and then all of a sudden you hear this, boom, and the door gets kicked in. And I'm near the front, man. <laughs> Look, he's laughing already. He knows. I'm near knows. the front, and I'm sitting here going, what the hell is that? The light comes on, click. And this dude walks in, never met him before in my life. Seen him on TV, but never met him before in my life. He walks up to the front. He's walking up, and he's looking at everybody. No clothes on. Like, zero. Not a towel. Not a jockstrap. Not a not, socks. Nothing. He walks in and looks at everybody. Lights on now. I'm trying to make eye contact. I'm up, dude. With what? I'm like, I You're making eye contact with what? And he goes in. Y'all, four threes and four twos, they recruited, they drafted. I'm going to kill each and every last one of y'all in one on ones. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. He goes in. And he, now, mind you, he ain't supposed to be on. He's not supposed to be. He's breaking the, the rules, right? He ain't supposed to be there. So they kick him out. So finally, he walks out, slams the door. And this is the thing that got me. And I knew I this like this is gonna be different. This ain't Arizona State no more. This is different. <laughs> so, hey, this isn't Lovey. No, this ain't Lovey Smith no more. Campo doesn't miss a beat. Hey, he turns they turn the lights off and Campo goes cover four. This is what we're gonna do. And I was like, wow, Lord, are we not gonna acknowledge what just happened here? <laughs> That's Michael Irvin. Yeah. So, you know, I've been around Campo camp a long time. Uh, man, but but with it to that, with it, the people have to understand. You got to understand, we, we were building something. And it's interesting because we're watching all this last dance and everything, and you're seeing the psychology behind building anything great and, and how 
how it all works out. Everybody just thinks to pop up and, and, and it shows up and boom. But we were building something great. And, and my thought was always this, guys, honestly, with, with things like that. And I would always do things like that. These are young guys coming in. I'm going to need these guys. We're going to need these guys. We're going to need them in the fourth quarter. And I don't need, when I walk in here or when Troy walks in and when Emmett walks in, you're sitting with half a dollar in your ass. And, man, that's such a, no, dude, we got to get ready to play some football yeah. together. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't, so I was breaking the ice with all, and I always did stuff like that. Oh, my yeah. God. Okay. Yeah. Was, was the naked part premeditated or was it just like, no, I got an idea, let's roll. No. I was standing in the middle of uh, uh, the locker room and they had the cowboy helmet in the middle of the locker room right on the star and tell everybody, look at this body. body. Oh, my God. All the time, body. man. This is not your body. All the time. I, I don't want you to get mad at your mother and your father <laughs> when you cannot get a body like this. This is not their hey, fault. And I got I to got, I tell this quick story because it was it was he and I. We were I in. I was just trying to break the ice I, because hey. I'm going to need these guys down the road, man. It was fun. Hey. I wide receivers, I would tell all the wide receivers when they come in, I said, man, hey, what? congratulations. Y'all made this team. I want you to call everybody you know, your mom, sister, brother, uncle, niece, nephew, cousin, and your best friend, and tell them you made the team. The Dallas Cowboys, you made it as a wide receiver, but you will not be catching any passes. That's Michael Irvin's job. That is Michael Irvin's job. Let him know that right now. <laughs> Oh, man. This, this is what I came up with, This man. is already my favorite podcast. No, no, this is what I came I told you guys. Like, like I, It was my rookie year. I'm standing with him. We're, we're in the... In the locker room, and they used to come out and cut our hair, give us the barber shop. Used to barber used to the, come the, in. The, the rookie, oh, the actual barber, the, not actual the rookie barber. Cuts. No, no, the actual barber okay. would come in. This is during the season. It's like during the season. This is this dude right here. So, and I still use this all the time. I use it on everybody, Mike. But you walked up, and it was you and I, and the barber was standing there, and you, you, we were looking at the mirror, and you said. Woody, am I more fine than sexy or sexy than fine? And I was like, how the hell do I answer? I mean, don't be a minute, Woody. That's your manhood show. Tell me. And I'm like, no, nah, man. No. I, I guess if I think about it, you're more sexy than fine. <laughs> hey, yeah, we had some great times. Yeah. Oh, my God. We had great times, man. Thinking about those times. I can't believe that so much time has gone by. Yeah. When you look back at it now, you know, when, when you hear people all the time talk about what are you talking about, the Dallas Cowboys, people always talk, they haven't been there for 25 years. Like, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing it that, is. that it's been that long, man. Uh, but yeah, those were great times. Yeah, those were great times. Man, Mike, hey, I appreciate everybody knows like your ability to motivate people. They know that you were the great player. Um, they know all of those things that you are that make you so special compared to the guys you competed against and, and everybody that watches you. But we want to take a little bit of a step back and understand how you became that way. Because a lot of people, I mean, you even mentioned it, right? Can't have this body, can't have this body. But people aren't just born great. There's a lot that goes into it. There's a mentality. There's a work ethic. I mean, there's so many things. So I want to take a step back and just talk about, you know, early on in your childhood, uh, what your family dynamic was like, and those things that really kind of formed and shaped the Michael Irvin that we watched on TV and continue to watch. And I mean, I got to say this. Uh, so when I was when I was playing, my wife, after the game, uh, we, we, and, you know, we'd 
win as many as we'd lose when right. I was playing, right? And yeah. so it was, and she's like, man, I really wish Coach Garrett would bring you guys out and watch the Jumbotron when Mike would talk to everybody because then maybe you guys would play better because I think everybody in the stands is more motivated than, than you guys look after. Right. I'm like, damn, babe. Yeah. Appreciate that. That's the problem. There's that's more right. hype in the, I know in the, the fans. fans. And that's why we got the best fans, right? But what what made Michael Irvin the way that he is? So take us back to the beginning, man, and, and, and let's talk through kind of that journey and that process of you, you know, growing up and, and what made you the competitive athlete that you were? Well, it, 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 I don't know how much you guys, guys know about that, but, but certainly I growing up, grew up in Fort Lauderdale, you know, grew up in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I'm the 15th, that's, that's my daughter calling. Let me just tell her I can't talk right now. There you go. Because so I just keep ending it until you call. Hey, hey, family first, man. If we got to hit pause on this, man, you got to do what you got to do. Pause right, this. right, right, right. It is. It's my girls. You know, all my girls, my wife, my mother-in-law, they, my daughters. They, they, they just think they run everything, and yeah. they do. They do. They sure. do. Yeah. And, yeah. and they, they really do run everything. So it's all good. But, but growing up in Fort Lauderdale, I was the 15th of 17 kids. Now, there's 17 of us, man. I mean, God, I always tell people when I'm going out speaking, doing the speaking engagements. I said, man, you know what it's like when you're going up 15 to 17. And I'm talking about we were Pope. Pope. I, <laughs> and, I, and I tell people, I speak for a living. I understand the correct word is poor. But when you were as Pope as we were, you couldn't afford the other O in the R. You just said Pope. That's it. You Pope. You couldn't afford it, right? And, 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 and we were. And, and, and what was so funny is, you know, you get things passed down. At that age, you know, we, we didn't have anything, so everything got passed down. And being the fifteenth, yeah, I, I I got jeans or clothes that 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 my brothers, my, my first brothers wore, and and you just hoping by the time it lands on you, these may be bell bottoms. I'm like, please, by the time it's back, this time, please, let bell bottoms be back this time. You see what I'm saying? It's all cycles, man. It's all cycles. Right. right. I don't want to fall out of cycle, man, but. But that's what it was like, man. But but I, but I do think part of what you guys are talking about growing up or, or, or becoming something, I, I think it all starts with somebody seeing something in you. You know, mm. even beyond something you may see. Somebody, you heard it like parents. My mom always said, baby, so I got something special for you. Yeah. You know, and that rings in my ears all the time. Baby, God got something special for you. I, I, I think a lot of times what we have to as fathers, as mentors, is make sure we're looking for that something special in everybody that we're that we're fathering or mentoring because God gave everybody those gifts. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So, at what age, uh, you know, obviously you, you've got a bunch of siblings that you're watching, right? And I'm sure they were there was athletes and you were watching that. But at what age were you just drawn to sports? And and what age did you realize, okay, hey, this is something that I can really progress in? Yeah. Let me break that down. How that went down, too. You know, I was uh, it was when I, when I was coming up. I was born in '66, and we lost my school, Martin Luther King in '68. So, so around six, six, seven years old, '72, '73, they were starting to integrate schools. Mm-hmm. You know, you started it's, it's back time when they started integrating school, and I, and I'll never forget going off to kindergarten early on, just going to kindergarten because and the first time they started busting people away and. And going into that classroom in kindergarten, going to Mirror Lakes Elementary, which was quite a ways from the ghetto that I was growing up in, um, and being mixed with all these kids now, and, and walking in that first day, 
and the teacher saying, hey, what color is this? And every student knew except me or, or who knows how to spell their names and all, all of that stuff. And everybody knew except you. And, and, and you go through that. I went through that probably at kindergarten, first, second, at first, second, third grade. At third grade, a tutor came. And they were here because they had gotten their tutor to help me. And, and the tutor came out. He was working. We were working. And he brought a football one day. And he just said, hey, listen. He said, you know what, Let's, we finish quickly, we'll go out and play some football. And, and, and man, he was throwing the ball. He was like, oh, my God, man, you can catch, you know. And, and he said to me, he said, man, you can be special catching like this because he kept backing up and throwing it harder and throwing it harder, and I would catch it. And, and I look back now, I would never forget when he said that, boy, you could be special. Mm. That's all I wanted to hear. And from that point on, I wanted to catch the football to hear you can be special. Now, you got to put that in with those first two, three years of schooling where I thought I was so inferior to all of the students. So athletically, this levels the playing field. Mm -hmm. So that became my draw and my passion. Now, later on, you know, I graduated from the University of Miami as a junior with my business degree. I later on learned that it wasn't that I was inferior. I just couldn't afford preschool like all of those students had. We, we, all we had was Miss Doris. And, you know, being the 15, you get Miss Doris from across the street, she comes over and she watches you, and you sit there, and I was watching all the stories. I knew everything about our days of our lives, but I didn't know any color, right? It was like, oh. So I find that to be fascinating that it all because you know i yeah and, and from that point on it, it was all about football for me but it was you played other sports because i've seen you play you hoop i mean you played other sports you weren't right. just football specific tell us about the other sports and uh the other involvement you're in well i i, I played i played i played basketball i was a, I was a very good basketball player you won all kinds of dunk contests all throughout the country belt beat balls beat ball class some of the best basketball players played in that um uh you know, won rebound trophies, everything. Did all, did all of that. Was a very good basketball player. Wanted, almost went to the University of Indiana to play basketball and football. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, understand why they brought brought us into a camp one time, guys. This was, you know, this first time we were going to get out of Fort Lauderdale, mm -hmm. right? And these people came together and and they they, they picked out me, Lorenzo White, Lorenzo yeah. White. I think went running back from the Houston, yeah. uh, Houston, Houston at. Rockets at the time drafted him. Yeah, the My Oilers. Best friend. Oilers drafted Growing up. Yeah. Oh, he's the Oilers. Who yeah. the Oilers? Houston Oilers. Right. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, drafted him at the time. My best friend. So he, I, and another friend, Dell, they all said, we're going to help these kids out. We're young kids. We're going to let them go to camp in Indiana. And, and, and the way we're going to pay for these camps. So so we're, when we get back, we were going to be scraping the wallpaper off all the buildings that they're renovating in South Beach and on Fort Lauderdale Beach. And and man, and we went out to the camp now. And, and, and of course, you know, you're taking a kid out of the ghetto. Yeah. <laughs> out of the mommy, out of the ghetto. But you take me to this camp where all these nice kids are and their parents dropping them off meal money. I ain't know nothing about no meal money <laughs> and all these things. <laughs> I came with all of my ghetto hood slicking and I had this game called Three Card Molly. <laughs> man, 
I must I must have won every one of them kids' money. <laughs> you hustled those kids, man. Man, I swear, I swear. The, the coaches came to my room. <laughs> you know, Lorenzo White. Lorenzo was kind of always scared. He said, "Man, Mike, man, man, Mike, we shouldn't be doing this, man. These people doing good things for us. Mike. We should be. These people go send us home, Mike." He was scared. He kept saying it. <laughs> and one of the kids, I guess they called home and they were crying. Because they needed more money for pizza. I have to tell y'all this story. So they were waiting for the pizza. So the parents called and said, What's going on with all this money that we're sending the kids? Of course, I got caught. The coaches came to my room. The rest of them, I told you we were going to get caught. <laughs> They made me give back all the money. Come on, man. <laughs> hey, man. I had to give back all the money, man. But, 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 working on that beat, man, I'm going to tell you something. We were putting, scraping the wallpaper off all these hotels, these big hotels, the big buildings they're going to renovate. Oh, my God, dude. I was telling them then, uh, Woody, I said, I told Logan, I said, man, this is bull. This is bull. <laughs> so I ain't going to be doing this all my life. I'm going to be, all the rich, People would all be down there on the beat while we up there scraping off them walls. Yeah, I said, I'm gonna be down there with them people. Though. I ain't gonna be up there scraping all my life. <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> yeah, because you're talking about the drive that makes you want to go and do something. That's right. You know what I mean? Makes you want to go and try to be the best. And 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 of course, I, I was trying to get there. Even though early on with the three car Marley, I was trying to get there the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw it, I, I knew what I wanted. I knew I wanted to have a better life than but, I had. But where does that compete? I mean, there yeah. like I've played with competitive folks, man. I've never played or been around. And I you know, and we're watching the last dance and they keep on talking about Michael Jordan. I said, Well, the Michael Jordan I knew was number eighty eight. Where does that competitive drive come? Is that instilled through your father, your family? Where did that come from? Man, and honestly, as much as I got on God about sending so many uh, siblings my way, man, I really believe that, that that's the root of it right there. When you're coming in 15th, and, 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 and I mean, all, all of them did me all kinds of ways, but, you know, because I, I was one of the youngest, and you got to earn everything, and you mm. couldn't do anything. You know, now kids get to go, you know, you're four, five, six, seven, eight years old. They have leagues for you. Oh, you can play in a five-year-old league, six-year-old league. Back then, at, at, at eight, nine, 10, 11 years old, as you got older, you had to earn your way in. Right. Yeah, they, they didn't have leagues for your age. You go to the park, and you had the ball. You wanted to play. Well, sit your butt down. You can't play yet. You had to prove to them mm-hmm. that you were good enough mm-hmm. to play. You right. see what I'm saying? Yep. That, 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 that stuff we don't have anymore. Because everybody gets an opportunity. Everybody gets the participation trophy. But back then, coming in, you had to earn that right. I had to earn respect in that fifth, in that, at the, all those kids above me, and then try to earn respect in that neighborhood when I was growing up. Well, so you mentioned that you thought about playing basketball at the University of Indiana. Give us the, the, the recruiting. You went to this recruiting process out of high school. 
Uh, I've heard the story about your first time uh, going to Miami. I and can't imagine Mike on a recruiting trip. <laughs> oh, I could. I, I can. I hear the stories. I was like, yeah, he was challenging folks day one. But give us a. Oh yeah, you talking about when I first got to Miami? Oh yeah, give yeah, me yeah, I, I, Just jump into that, man. When you first got to Miami, to, give was, us that I, story, man. I, I was I was on a recruiting trip in Miami and. Miami, you know, Miami's winning national championship. That, you know, they, they were bad back then. They had Eddie Brown and Stanley Shakespeare, some bad boys at, at wide receiver. <laughs> and and I came and I came to visit and went out and one of the practices and I'm out hanging out and, 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 and guys coming over to me, the receivers coming over and say, who, who, who are you? <laughs> and, and, and I don't say his name. But the first thing I said to him, I said, you looking at the dude that's going to take your job. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you, Mike? You're a 17-year-old kid. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, well, they bother me about that all the time, man. <laughs> hey, man. So, hey, all these old black dog jokers coming out here. They didn't have, have a dime to his name talking about it. He's going to take somebody's job, man. But, but yeah, man, that, that that's what that competitive thing brought out of you. And, and, and we competed so great at Miami, man. It, it was an incredible thing when you talk about competing. Because I, I do believe competing brings the best out of you. Yeah. Like when we got Woody, man, we got Woody, we got them, them young bucks, man. I was like, please, man, I'm going to work you boys. And stuff. <laughs> I used to tell them, dude, dog. I used to tell them, yeah. too, man. I said, man, listen, all right, yeah, that 4 2. Yeah, you hey, you ran that fresh. You, you run a four two while you fresh. By, by the second quarter, that four two gonna be about a four four. My, my, I said my four five gonna still be a four five, and then and then in the third quarter, that four four gonna be about a four six. My four five gonna still be a four five. In the fourth quarter, you gonna be at four seven. My four five gonna still be a four five. Right I'm gonna beat your butt. That's what I'm and I'm gonna win the game. Yeah. I used to mess with them guys all the time, man. Cause with all of them came in running four twos and four threes. And I, I, I mean, it, it, we, yeah, we I, I try to tell them, you. Man. I try to tell these dudes. These dudes did not believe that nah. I ran a four three, man. Nah. They were not. I'm t- I've seen you walk uh, up and downstairs. Said, There's no man, way in your life, my man. Just said. Woody was Woody was Woody Woody was one of the freak athletes before you saw those freak athletes. Right, like right now, the NFL today, would it be a high paid safety, no doubt, because he can do it both. He can he can he can play the run and he can he can cover the pass. Mm-hmm. He can do it both. We challenge you all the time, especially in that slot. And Woody yeah. can cover in the slot. Like it's hard for safety to really play and cover in that slot. And he has that ability, man. Woody was a killer, man. And Woody ran about a 4-3-8, right, Woody? Yes, 4-3-5 to be exact. Allegedly. His uncle had to stop watching in the stands and got him at 4-3-5. You want me to be in? When this class came in, and I'm not lying, man. We watch these boys all of 40 times coming in. Did Ellison Wright come in with y'all? No, he came in a year or two before us, yes. A year before, right, right. And, and he ran a four one knot, man. Right. And them this class came. I remember calling my wife, man. Hey, baby, saying, "What's up?" I said, "Where you at, baby?" I said, "Get out of the mall." I said, "Stop shopping." <laughs> they they got dudes around here running four twos, four one. Get out of the mall. Stop shopping right now, right? <laughs> we got to start saving. And then, <laughs> we we get on the field. We get on the field, man. And you know. 
things start happening, I called my baby back. I said, "You good? Don't <laughs> you good? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <We're back. laughs> and it was we're complete. And that's why I want to talk. Like when yeah. you were in high school, let's let's go back. Because was it Schnellenberger that recruited you, or was it J- I, Jimmy who came in later? No. Right? No, no. Just Schnellenberger recruited me, and, and, and Jimmy took over uh, before I started playing. Okay, so Schnellenberger right. was recruit. Who else was recruiting you out of high school? Uh, out of high school, uh, LSU. Syracuse. My first visit was at Syracuse. It was Syracuse. I really wanted to go to Syracuse, man. Really wanted to go out Syracuse. Then I really wanted to go to LSU. Really, I wanted to go to Syracuse because they, you know, they they had apartments for people, you know. And, and I had been living in that little old tiny house with sixteen <laughs> Negroes. I wanted, <laughs> I wanted, I wanted my own place, and I was coming cheap. I said, just give me that apartment. I'm good. You don't even got to give me a scholarship. Just give me an apartment. All right. Let me get out from under all of them. So, so, that, so that's the first visit that I wanted to go. And since I mentioned Lorenzo, let me tell you, this was what I thought was funny too, man. Because uh, Lorenzo went to Michigan State, broke all the records at Michigan State. So we wanted to kind of go to school together. So we, we took a visit. We took Michigan State visit together. And, and, and you know, I'm watching the coach. And, and then they would watch how they handle me. They would give him, they would give him Lorenzo everything. Right. School books. You know, you need me sweater. Sneak him a sweater. <laughs> this home. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't know anything. I was coming from Miami. I had on some penny loaf. And dude, it must have been five, six trees. Oh, man. No. Back then, I'm coming from Miami. I had some penny loafers with no socks on. <laughs> and, and, and we were walking through the bookstore. And I was like, man, there's some nice socks. I said it loud. <laughs> Them some nice socks. Said it one more time. Them some nice socks. Ain't nobody offer me no socks. Right? Ow. I say for me. Say for me. Them, I, I saw you sneaking no uh, uh, sweater to Lorenzo White. We got back to the room. Lorenzo said, "Man, I really like it here." I said, "Low, Mister State for you." But it ain't, it ain't for me. I'm tell you right now, they wouldn't even give a cold brother some socks. <laughs> so yeah, man, Miami ended up being the spot for me. Man, yeah. Hey, so so Michael, you talked about uh, you, you know you talked about coming in early into Miami and telling guys, hey, I'm gonna take your job. You had that confidence, and you had that from an early age. You know, maybe that's because you're always fighting, right, with with siblings, and you're always earning everything that you get. And there's that that confidence you have. Right. But the difference between you and, and I'm gonna compare you to some of the guys that you know I played the generation after you. Um, you know, and so. The difference was is there's a lot of guys that talk. You, you, you say confidence now. Now uh, uh, let, let, let's 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 let's, yeah. let's 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 talk something here because I think this is a very important point. Mm-hmm. When, when we talk, yeah, I had confidence, mm-hmm. but what I think drives you to be great is hunger. Mm-hmm. It's hunger. Confidence is one thing. Hunger is another. I, I have a son that plays football, and, and, and I I I said, son, what is it you want to do? He said, Dad, I want to play in the NFL. But I told him then, his name is Michael. I said, hey, go pack your bags. He said, what do you mean? I said, go pack your bags. And we're talking to him. He went and packed his bags. Then he came back down and sat right here in my office. I said, hey. He said, what's up, Dad? I said, okay, now you got to go. He said, what do you mean? I, I, I said, you got to go. I sent him to stay with my nephew in Fort Lauderdale. He's in a one-bedroom house, you know, with a little side room, half room. Uh, uh, and he's a personal trainer. And, and I said to him, I said, son, to make it 
and do anything great. And you to be an NFL player, NFL, it, it takes some, some great. It takes greatness. Mm-hmm. I say to it, it, it's not about a skill set. Everybody can run. Everybody can jump. And he has great hands. Catch. You know, everybody can do that. Your job, you're going to have to match the hunger of the dude across from you every play. Mm. And how can you match the hunger when you're living in a mansion mm. and he's playing for the mansion? Right. You see what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So, yeah. so I sent him to live with my nephew. And, and that was when he was a junior. And he, he hasn't come back home. So, you know, he's and still he's building that mm. hunger. So I just wanted to tell that. And that's what I think. Some some guys uh, are talk about they want it. Man, I want to play in there. I want to do this. I want to do that. Yeah, you want it, but do you want it more than anybody? Yeah, anybody. Then, then you'll start moving ways when you want it and you need it more than anybody because that is what feeds you. I think hunger is the most important. So, hey, 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 Jay! <laughs> get your bag! Get your bag! Get your bag! Get your bag! Hey, but that, but that, that answers really answers a lot of my question because you get you get to the highest level, and whether that's in business, whether that's in sports, whatever it is, you get right. to the highest level. You get there, and there's all these guys that talk, that go in, and they they run their mouth, and they. But there's also that work ethic when you get there to stay on top. And that's what you did. That's what Darren yeah. did. That's what the greats do. That's what Troy did. That's what Emmett did. That's what Daryl Johnson's did. Yeah. It's it's when you get there and you have arrived and you live in the mansion, how do you keep that mindset of hunger to be the best every single play and have that four or five on play one, on play 25, on play 65? How do you get right. that? Where does that come from? And, and, and it comes from, honestly, that, that hunger being engrafted. Mm. You, you realize what, what you have is a result of that hunger. So it can't quell the hunger. Mm-hmm. You see what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Everything, I, that's just the result of the hunger. It doesn't quell the hunger. So 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 you, you got to still go. I always tell people all the time, it, it, it's one thing to climb the mountain. It's another to stay up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's why you have to. Have to tip your hat to Tom Brady yep. and, and Belichick and all of them, man. Hey, man, it's, it's one thing to say, hey, you because you got that fresh and new excitement about climbing. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, about to hit the next level. We've never been to this level. Boom, another level. Boy, wait till we get this level, you know, e- e- each time. Mm-hmm. But once you get up there, once you get up there, that fresh new excitement you had, everybody has it about it except you, and they come in after you. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and it, 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 it's a battle. And now you have to match their hunger with something when you've already eaten off a championship and right. still match their hunger. It's it's a hell of a thing. That's why that thirst has to be so insatiable. Yeah. Insatiable. That, that, and that's what we're seeing with Michael Jordan. He had an insatiable thirst that made him that great. Mm-hmm. We lost him. Did we lose him? Still there? No, I'm here. You guys, okay, yeah, gotcha, I'm still. Okay. You guys don't hear me? Yeah, yeah, no, no, you, you, yeah. Gotcha. Well, you, you talked about earlier. Yeah. You know, when you're scraping the paint off and, and you see the people lounging, and and that's just I want to live like that. I want I want to get that one day. So when you did accomplish that, at that point, what you're talking about is having that that drive and that hunger stuck now. It's it's a habit now. Yeah. So for you, when you did get all that, when you did accomplish that, what, was there a sense of fear of of loss, or how did you maintain? That, that sort of hunger once you did achieve whatever you were trying to achieve? 
Well, well, I, no, I don't, I don't have, I don't have a fear of loss. I, there are two things you're asking me here. Uh, the, the fear of loss, the fear of loss. I always say I measure many distance travel. You know, because cause, I, I tell me where you started and where you are, and I'll measure you accordingly. And don't just see, you know, instead of just letting me see where you are and measure you. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I see a man that has started one place and, and it earned something, then, then there's a little less fear of loss because he knows how to make that travel that journey. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 I, I, so I know uh, all I have to do is direct my hunger in another direction. Mm-hmm. I just climb back out mm-hmm. wherever I yeah. am. You know what I mean? If I can reach the same hunger about getting out as I reached about getting out of the ghetto yeah. and getting out of that mm-hmm. hell, I yeah. just read, you know what I mean? So, so, so when you get to one stage, you get to one stage, you're like, okay, I'm here, but I feel I still got more in me. You, yeah. you just keep it, you can, you can all redirect that hunger. Yeah. That, 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 you know, I don't think you ever satisfy that. Even now, mm-hmm. even now, what I do now, I still want to be the best at it broadcasting. I'm not just talking about talking to people. I understand and learn four lobes of the brain, how you understand and receive information, how the brain works. You got a, a, a million synopsis, synopsis in your brain to help you bring in and galvanize information, but also in your imagination, you have a billion synopsis. That's why they play music before any real scene comes on the TV because they're incorporating the billion synopsis in your brain. They don't want you dealing with the million. They want you dealing with all the possibilities, the possibilities in your brain. So it's done up, done up. And your brain starts thinking of all the possibilities. So anything happening on TV, you you jump. It's all that working in your brain. I want to know how brain works. So when I'm talking to you, I'm working in your brain too. That's why they don't pay me what they pay me. <laughs> all right, let's go back. Yeah. <laughs> let's go back, Max. I want to follow along. The journey. I want to bring us back to the journey. So you're in college now. Your junior year. You're in your junior. Did you leave early, Mike, or did you stay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, back then, I would remember that you had. I graduated after my junior year, uh, and you and left school. Now, back then, in order to go to the NFL early, you had to graduate. Graduate. First. Yeah. Right. And, and, and now, this this is what it gave me. Once you graduated, since I graduated, when I went into the draft, I had control over the draft in, in this sense. Literally not in control, but in this sense, if any team drafted me that I did not want to play for, I could drop a class, finish up in summer school, the team would lose a draft choice, and then I could apply for mm. a supplemental draft. Right. Which so 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 Green Bay called with the seventh pick of the seventh pick of the draft, and they and, and they was like Michael, they were thinking about drafting you, and, and we were at home, and and because they didn't invite juniors at the time to the combine or certainly to the draft, we were at home. And and I started saying Green Bay, man, it's cold in Green Bay, <laughs> and the whole family started saying, "No way, Green Bay, no way, we the brokest people in the world." <laughs> the hell, we talking about no way to no way. <laughs> right. Right. right? But 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 I knew Dallas would draft me at eleven. Dallas didn't even call; uh, they just made the draft pick. Mm. Huh? Hey, think about Green Bay. Early '90s, if they'd gotten those two oh. picks, we talked to Troy about him potentially going to Green Bay instead of Dallas. If 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 Green Bay had lost the last game the previous year, they were going to pick Troy. Imagine if you two went to Green oh, Bay. Yeah, yeah, that would be imagine that. That. no. But I hey, 
I, so I, we I, ended up in the right spot. Yeah, you did. That's right. right. That's right. But the I, only I, time I, 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 only... I was willing to give up something on the front end because I knew the back end would be so great. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have all the your Dallas fingers and toes. Cowboy. Exactly. Yeah. Right. No Dallas, frostbite and, up there. And the Dallas Cowboy brand. Yeah. Let's be real here now. Yeah. Hey, there, there is nothing greater than the Dallas Absolutely. Cowboy brand. Were you talking about football, man, and, and, and have the chance to do what we did here uh you know, that, that, that'll last and be talked about forever. Well, that's, so, that, I mean, that's the only time I've ever seen fear in Michael Irvin's eye. It's the only time that I actually at one point saw a glimmer of fear. And here it is. When I laid on that carpet. No, nope. <laughs> that wasn't it. You stayed strong. <laughs> we were in Green Bay. And it was a clear oh. day. It was so clear outside. And Mike was like the catalyst. He would go out. He'd walk back in. We're going to kick their ass. And this, and we're going to do this and this and that. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so Green Bay, we had to walk out this little tunnel, right? And it's like it was like down low. Oh, you yeah. walk up. Yeah, you know, down the stairs. And then, yeah. Oh, man. man. Yo, he with, the tur- up, with the turf on it? Uh-uh. He didn't have anything on. He walked, He tried to be out there and go strong with no oh, sleeves yeah. on. <laughs> and he would walk back down. I, I looked in his eye. He was like, what are you doing? Hell, I, <laughs> I, I instantly went back and changed. <laughs> All right. Sleeves it is. They were talking with it, but it was so cold, man. It, 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 Green Bay, it, it, and they continue to remind you because they flag, they put it uh, on t- the a temperature, yeah. Minus five, minus oh, yeah. six, whatever, minus minus. I'm like, man, stop flashing that, man. I, I'm the same, you know. I'm trying to forget about it. Oh my God, it's the worst thing in the world. Hey, that, that was, was so that crazy. was Chicago for us in 2013. It was that like negative negative 15 windshield game. Same deal. Bunch of guys go out, no sleeves, lasted about 45 seconds. Turn right back around, jackets it is. Man, and I played, uh, Michael. I played in Canada a year, and you know what they do up there? They got handles of liquor on the equipment table. You know where you got tape and eye black and all that stuff as you're right, walking right. out? So guys in Canada walk, grab a, take a pull off of either whiskey or vodka before they walk out and play. <laughs> True wow, story. True story. And I'm they like, this can- uh, it's Canada, man. It's- <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> hey, and we had a playoff game. It was 20 below and same deal. And I went out and it was it was freezing cold. And, I, and I'm a no-sleeve guy. And I'm, I'm pretty fair complected. So I was like clear. I was so cold up there, right? <laughs> and I go out through warm-ups and, and I'm dying. Clear. I'm like, there's no way I can even move. I, I'm not, I can't even move. And I came back before kickoff and, and one of the veteran Canadian guys says, better take a pull of whiskey, man. It's going to help you, I promise. <laughs> hey, and I did. And it just took the edge off just enough to let me move, yeah. man. It, hey, it is no joke. <laughs> I, I do got a random question. Y'all may already know the story, but one of my teammates in college, uh, he was one of our top receivers and he picked the number 47. As a, as a wide receiver, maybe maybe y'all already know the story. But why did you choose forty seven? Yeah, I always wondered that too, man. Why, why forty seven in college? Forty seven, man. They just gave. First of all, they just gave you for that time. Remember now, uh, that's disrespectful. Brown were number forty. You know, Brett oh. Perriman thirty three. They were giving those kinds of numbers to wide receivers, and they gave me the number forty seven. I went in because you know I just man, I put it on. You know, I'm in the mirror like. <laughs> This is nasty. <laughs> <laughs> it's for those yeah, Sunday scrimmages in college. I didn't feel it. Now, you got to remember now, I didn't feel it. I'm a freshman. I was yeah. probably the same guy. They just went and talked all that noise about, I'm a guy to take a job and all that. I was just a freshman. And right, and, 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 and dude, this, this, I, I put on, I put, thought about it for a day or two, built up enough nerve. 
build up enough nerd. I said, okay, I'm going to hold on to it. Let me just go through a couple of practices with it, man. Let's go through a couple of practices and see what I can do, right? <laughs> Went through a couple of practices. And I, I still didn't feel it. So build up enough nerd. Went and talked to Coach Johnson about it. Because I wanted to get out the numbers. You couldn't. You had to go talk to Coach Johnson. I went and sat and talked with him about it. I said, Coach, listen, uh, I was just thinking, man, you know, if I could change my number to number uh He said, well, what are you thinking about? And I said, I, I, I was thinking about putting it on, wearing number seven. You know, number seven, I'm going to score seven touchdowns. Seven. He said, I like that. He said, I like that, Mike. He said, I like that. He said, but let me tell you something, son. He said, listen. He said, when I see you on that field right now, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm watching you at practice, and you catch that ball, man, and I see you running, Man, I see you look like a big 747 just coming down the runway. Can't nobody get in your way as you go to the end zone. He said, I, 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 re- I really enjoyed watching that. I was like, yeah. He said, yeah. I was like, You're right. right. You're right. I'm going to keep it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep it. I remember, man, later on, I got ready to graduate. I, I told Christ, Christ, I can't believe I let you sell me that damn story. <laughs> he said, it worked, man. Yeah. But he sold it when you talk about seeing greatness in people mm-hmm. and pulling greatness out. And, and you don't know what it is. You know what I mean? But but just him saying that and I'm being a freshman and I wanted to make an impression. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I'm trying to win a job. And just, just that little thing. Yeah. I swear I'll never forget him saying just that little thing. He said, we got to show the world Michael Irvin. Like a 47, 47 coming down the runway. <laughs> Dude, dude. That was it. I was like, I left that man. It was boop, boop, boop. I all on my own. I went and hit them stairs, man. I was running like, oh, I ain't going to let you down, coach. Ain't gonna let you down. That's all it took, man. That, you make me think. That's crazy that that goes down like that. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. That's funny. So the Cowboys draft you, man. And you come in, and I, I know there's been stories out there as, as far as when you the day you got drafted. Tell us personally what what was that feeling like because coach landry was a part of this organization was the head coach at the time he brought right. you in he's the one that drafted you what was that feeling like well you know first of all coach landry my, my dad who, 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 who was my hero now my dad's my hero man he's his minister um and, and he's a roofer and, and he, i mean he worked hard man but but he loved the dallas Cowboys. he even wore that fedora hat Mm. Like 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 Tom Landry used to wear, and we used to always talk about going to a game one day because we played. You know, we lived in Miami and wanted to go see the Dolphins and everything. Talk about going to the game, but of course we never could afford a game. But we always would watch the game. And back then, the Cowboys were on the TV all the time, so we would always watch, man. So to get dra- and my sister told me a long time ago, you know, when, when I first got to college, you gonna get drafted by the Dallas Cowboys, mm. you know, just because that was Dad's team, and I just lost my dad. My junior, uh, my senior year in high school, mm. so you gonna get drafted by the Dallas Cowboys, and I thought it was just talk. But, 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 I found out actually when 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 Coach was talking, Jimmy, Jimmy was talking to me right before the draft. He said, "Listen," he said, I, "I know what you're doing with with graduating early and trying to have some kind of control and say and where you go." He says, "But Dallas is thinking about drafting you." He says, "And if they do." None of that. We're not gonna play any of those shenanigans. And he told me then. Mm. He said then. He said. Uh, he said I got a, a very good oil buddy friend of mine that are it's about to drop uh, by the Dallas Cowboys, and I may be joining. You wow. Too. That's. I mean, that he early that, on. Huh. He told me that. Yeah. Right. Wow. Right. Uh, while I was getting drafted, he told me that then. 
he told me that, and I guess it took a year for for them to buy for him to buy it. And, and so Tom Landry them drafted me, and and of course I got here, man. And yeah, yeah, that was that was something, dog. To see that when you first got here, man. First of all, it was Tom Landry. Right. You know what I mean? It was great, mm-hmm. Tom Landry, man. Yeah. Tom was Tom was a god, you know, everywhere, and and and, and to come in and 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 to see too tall, you know, to, to see. To see uh, some of the guys that I saw in the locker room, Randy White. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was blown away with that. Tony Dorsett, you know, Tony, all, all those guys, man. It, it, I was blown away with that. So that's got to be that's got to be crazy coming in and and playing for Tom Landry, the legend that that he is. But then also the team struggling the way that it did, right? The, your first couple of years, and and how was that to see you know such a legend in in the coaching community and in sports and just an icon? But then, what do you think the disconnect was between the wins and losses, and then everything that Tom had done in the past? Tom, Tom was a good man, and he, he had given so many young men opportunities and 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 brought and rose them up to Bill Bates and all of those guys, and and honestly. You know, we're playing a sport, but emotions get involved. And and unlike unlike Belichick, who who is, you know, he, he keeps those things at a bay. He get rid of people one year soon, too soon. I, I think coaches held, held on to some of his main guys mm-hmm. one year, a year or two too long. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, we, we came in and, and Ken Norton, uh, Ken Norton Jr., <clears throat> he was second round pick. I was the first round pick. I remember coming in, looking and saying, man, he's some this guy's been around a while, you know what I mean? Great guys and everything. I wanted to see, we wanted, we were rookies. We wanted to see fire. Yeah. yeah. You know, we had fire. Ah! Before that first game in Pittsburgh, oh, we, were, we wanted to go fire. Yeah. I was like, hey, man, you know, they were telling us, calm down, rookie. Calm down. I mean, yeah. Calm down. So, so I, I just think some of the guys, you know, I just out of loyalty. Mm-hmm. He just kind of held on to some of the guys a little too long. All right. So you so you come in, and then they draft Troy, and and Jimmy yeah. comes in. And what was the biggest difference that you saw in that culture shift when Jimmy comes in and takes over the Cowboys? Well, well, now think. Well, let me. There are a lot of guys I think were, were you know, you've been around a while. You had some security. Mm-hmm. It felt good about it. Mm-hmm. You know, Jimmy shook up security when he got here. You know that that, that it, 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 when I back up and tell you this, I remember going coming in the first year, uh, and we you thinking uh, telling everybody, man, I can do everything. Don't worry, we're gonna win. Now I'm here. We <laughs> don't sweat it. Man, we went out there, man. We lost thirteen games. Thirteen games we lost, man. Each, after each game, I was crying like a baby. I mean, literally. <laughs> I mean, literally crying <laughs> like a baby. I'm not talking about joke crying. I'm talking about I had been in Miami and at St. Thomas. Well, I need to be there at St. Thomas. Maybe in my three years at Miami, I lost two or three games. I hadn't lost these many games in, in, in I don't know how long. Mm-hmm. And every week, we, I was like, Pittsburgh, we're going to kill Pittsburgh. Man, we come out early on. I catch a curl. This is the first game of my career. I catch a curl, Rod Wilson on the field, turn, take that thing. I said, this is easy. Man, that was the last touchdown we scored, man. They scored again and again. <laughs> man, we lost 13 times. I was like, oh, my God. And then next year, I'm thinking, oh, we good. We drafted Troy. I said, that's all I need. That's all I need. You know, all I need was a quarterback. I'm good now. Man, we lost 15 times that year. <laughs> I said, golly. 
this thing is crazy. But 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 we got Emmett that, that that third year, and 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 what I think is most important, we went and got Norv Turner. Mm-hmm. Norv Turner came in and pieced the offense together. You know what I mean? Use Troy's talent, use my talent to Michael. You know, with your size, this timing offense would be perfect. And Norv, Norv had spent time with me, which is interesting. Norv was with me the day before the draft. Because mm-hmm. the Rams were going to draft me 14th after the Cowboys. They went and got Flipper Anderson. So Norv was in with the Rams at the time. Norv with the Rams at right. the time. Norv was going to draft me too. So with Norv and I, we were already studying Henry Ellard and studying the offense. He's like, he's telling me then, what is offense is perfect for you? You know, you had to buy it and all that. We were, when we were sick, this is when I was, before I got drafted. Then Dallas drafted me before the Rams. Rams took Flipper Anderson and, and you know, Norv flew on back to LA, you know, uh, and, and then later on, we got Norv in and, and, and it, 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 it went booming from there. How, how did the reality of being drafted uh, compare to what you had dreamed about your whole life and, and, and that goal that you were trying to achieve? Man, that was everything, man. That was everything. And you got to understand now, you know, you see it now because everybody sees everything now. You know, you get to touch everything in the social media world, everything. There was nobody, there was nobody coming out of Fort Lauderdale where I came from making it to the NFL. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There weren't a whole lot of guys that had gone before me that going to the NFL. You know, Anthony Carter was a few years mm. ahead of me. Yep. And, Minnesota Vikings receiver, yeah. Yeah, and Anthony yeah, AC, boy. AC. He beat you a couple my, times. Was, no, he's, right. older he's older than me, man. He was an older dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but everything, Anthony Carter, was Anthony Carter was our man. You know, we wanted to be Anthony Carter. So so, so getting, yeah, man, get, getting drafted that day, man, and going through all you had gone through. And I went all the way back. To, to to feeling like that little dummy in first or second grade, first catching that football in third grade, and and now realizing that dream—that's what makes the draft so great. Yeah. That's what that's what watching the draft makes so great, man. You get to watch those guys' dreams realize. They they've been dreaming that since a little kid, going to play in a Super Bowl. And I tell these guys, man, you you've been dreaming about this from the first time. Been, do you know what it's like to really yeah. walk on that? Field, man, why would you let anything stop you? Yeah. If you get in the NFL, you here now. How would you let anything stop you yeah. from getting that feeling of completing that and actually playing in a Super Bowl, man? It, it, it's nothing like it because you dreamed about it all your life. You know what, Mike? I want you to walk us through. Yeah. You know, you you go through. You come in with the Cowboys. You win three games. Then you the, the next year, Troy comes in. You win what? Uh, you win one game. You lose 15 straight games, basically. And then you have Emmett comes in the next year, and you guys went 7-9? Seven 7-9. And seven and okay, so let's, seven and nine. let's fast forward it to 92. When you went into that season, because there was – when I walked into that – got drafted and walked into that, that locker room, there was, a bu- there was a buzz. It was yeah. – I was anxious. We, 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 we knew – yeah, but I was, was anxious. You guys have been there. I was anxious was in the fact rap. that the practices were harder than the games, Mike. Yeah, Mike, yeah. The, the practices yeah. were, it was like you better be strapped up and ready to go at practice. Yeah. Right. Be warmed right. up. because it, And we were when we would stretch, it was, the trash talking was going back in. Oh, you can't, can't imagine, Already. man. And being Already. a young kid, 22 years old, you're sitting there going <laughs> – but you guys had this feeling. I mean, you were, and, I, and I've told people this so many times. 
there were only a few people on that team, and especially when Jimmy left, that were really in the moment. Like you guys were, in, you were in the moment. You understood the history of what could have took place within this organization. Like you know, multiple championships. You were in the moment. I wasn't so much in the moment because I was so young. But I want you to tell me, talk to us about that '92 team and the feeling you had going into that season. And, and, and you're right. And, and, and so when we go through, you know, my rookie year in '88 and the '13, and then Troy's rookie year coming in '89, and I, I tear my knee up in '89. So, 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 so when we first started playing together was the Tampa game and uh, in, in, in its rookie year, which the year we went seven and nine. You know, so I'm coming back off the knee surgery, um, and then then we, uh, then we go through that year, uh, the '90s year. We go through the '91 year. It's our first full year. We're starting all together. I'm healthy. Image. We got Image. We got Troy, and we got Noah. We're 91. That 91 year, we take off. We take off. Troy gets hurt. Troy gets hurt, and and and, and Berline comes in. Uh, not not that year. Troy gets hurt. The 91 year. We we take off. We take off. Everything. Well, I'm winning. I win receiver of the year. Emmett wins the rushing title. Um, and, and Emmett was driving home after the season, and he's like, "Man, like, like we knew, we knew we had something. Mm. We knew we had something." I remember Emmett calling me and said, "Man, man, we, we had quite a year. Yeah, I said, "Yeah, but that's okay. I said, "But next year, next year, we're gonna win it. We got it." I said, "We got it. I said, Don't worry, we got it. Because we, we saw, we saw now that we had we had the basis of something great on offense." We we knew we'll get the right parts put together on defense, and, and and we knew it would take off. And when when you guys got there and, and, and Chucky came yeah. and all that, that was over. It was over. Mm. It was over because you could see where the offense was going. You could see where the offense was going, and then all you guys came and solidified on the defense and, and took it to a place where 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 I I didn't think we would ever reach defensively. People underestimate how great those defenses were. Uh, in, in those years. They don't talk about them because they talk about the triplets, but those those were some great defenses. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember because I, and sorry, Mike, but I grew up a 49er fan, and so I, I watched those <laughs> I, I watched those games closely, and, and, and no joke, you know, Steve Young and, and uh, Jerry and Ricky Waters and all those guys early on, man. It was uh, those were some battles with that yeah. defense. Um, all right, so so talk us through that feeling though in Pasadena. You made it to the Super Bowl. You had that conversation with Emmett, but now you're in Pasadena. You're playing in the iconic Rose Bowl, and talk us through that feeling, and maybe compare it to draft day or compare it. I mean, I don't want to because I'm a father, and I know what that. I don't know what a Super Bowl is like, but I mean, the birth of a child. I mean, it's, it's got to be up there on all time yeah. experiences that you've gone through. Yeah, and, and no matter what you say, man, and no matter how somebody tell you and talk to you about it, you, you, until you see it, until you do it, yeah. it, 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 it there's nothing anybody can tell you. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the whole time, especially that first one, we, we kept saying, experience don't matter. What do you mean? Football is football. I was like, yeah, you, I'll run a 20-yard tw- a in. is a 20-yard in. <laughs> if it's on the, I don't care. What field is on, we could do it in, on, out there in the street. I'm going to still catch that 20-yard in. Ain't that nobody can do about it. Ain't that nobody can do it. Right? I used to be saying all that. And, and we just we talking all that noise all week long. Like, it ain't nothing. Yeah. You know, we, we got out there the, the first night out there. We sneak, we sneak out. They got some party full of faith. Some album party. Me, Fredo, Kmart, Hark. 
We all busted in the party. We done crashed these people party. There's some album celebrating party. <laughs> we in the back. We talking all we just we take making so much noise they send people back there and say, Hey, can you guys keep me keep, keep it down? Can y'all keep it down? Football guys. Like, Man, we ain't keeping it down. We here. We the show. What are y'all talking about? <laughs> we are the show in the, in the so we were acting the fool, man. Man, when we walked on that field, Emmett and I, we always, right before we walk on the field and touch the field, we'll touch each other, boom, snap, double trouble, 22 and 88. Let's go be double trouble. We will win this game by land or by air, but we will win this game. We always said that right before we hit the field together, right? And we are, and we got ready, we stepped on that field, and it was 100,000 people. And in the Rose Bowl, they right there on it. And them people erupt. I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I said, E, boy, did you feel that? God damn. I, I remember what I said, don't say anything, man. If they know we got some Oh, yeah. You made that look scared, brother. I would have been like, what in the world? But you felt that, man. That was like, because it's like what I talk about. You. How could you not expect to feel that, man, when you dreamed about it your whole life, yeah. man, and, and, and now to be a – that, that, that year, the San Francisco game, remember? Yeah. They were saying, well, we don't know if this is the year for the Cowboys. They may be one year yeah. away. Yeah. One year away. We, we already knew we were going to beat. Yeah. When we walked into Buffalo, they were like, well, maybe next year. They might. We already yeah. knew we were going to win those games, man. We were that confident. What was what was pregame Michael Irvin like? Typically, were you the the rah rah guy? Were you quiet? Were you no, what no, were you no, like? No, I, I ain't no quiet. Yeah, you, buddy. Me, you, you want me to tell you? You really I'm, want me to tell? You? I'm all over the place. And on everybody, you better believe it. I'm all over the place and on everybody. Yeah. Hey, game day, practice day, every day. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. Practice like that too. All right, we're running one on one in practice. And if I'm I'm beating these dudes, man, we don't catch them ball or coming back, man. I'm talking, man, what is it? Man, I am killing you jokers oh out here today. Hey, listen. Hey, I start shouting my address. 2339 Albert <laughs> Send your checks that way for this clinic I am putting on. I am putting on a clinic out here. Y'all send them checks. Oh, right. Hey, I was cutting up, man, because that that's what it takes. When you're trying to do something great, this physical, this physical. You have to do things to get your mind past the physicality mm-hmm. of it and make it uh, an intense, emotional, uh, uh, competitive bat- battle. Because this, this is a physical, hard game, man. You yeah. got to do things like that. Yeah. Yeah, it, man, so many memories. You're bringing back so many memories, man. Because, you know, I yeah, remember I being in training camp in my – actually, it was the end of my – actually, it was in training camp in my first year in 92. And – I remember you ran around. I mean, Jimmy said, I want, Woody, I want you to go out there and cover the wide receivers because we were covering the tight ends, the safeties. He's like, no, no, you're going to be my nickel guy. I want you to go out. So were you scared? Hell yeah. I ain't never covered wide receivers before. So he's waiting on me. And the first person I cover, I cover somebody, man. I was like a, you know, a free agent and I knocked the ball down. He's like, ah, okay. 88's about to come up. This is Jimmy now. 88's about to come up here. What you going to do about that? So I'm thinking, I'm not going to see 88 because our number one corner is going to see 88. He's like, no, no, no. Get your ass out there. Right. So he runs his route. Right. And it was just a comeback. He ran a comeback. I thought you were running to go. He catches the ball, move on. And then, 
the practices go on and on that day. And when I see you again, a couple of one-on-ones and you hit me on a, a, a skinny post for a touchdown, but then you came back and this is where growth comes in, man. I'm serious. This is how, this is how you grow. You told me on the way back, you spiked the ball. First of all, you had to talk shit. You, talk, you did your shit talking, you spiked the ball. You You ain't done. You have four threes and blah, blah, blah. So you come on back, you walk me back and you put your arm around me and say, look, man, if, I, if I'm, what I saw is your body was leaning this way and I knew I could get yeah. inside. He says, I got to make you better because I know you're going to see Jerry. I know you're going to see Chris Carter. And, and I, yeah. Right. So I got to make you better. I got to sharpen you. And I see that. And I think, yeah. That's the part that made that team so special is because you're the great players that we had were willing to not only talk trash and to sharpen you, but but help you and encourage yeah. you to get better as well, man. And I, those are the things that yeah. it's hard to explain to the fans out there why yeah. that team was so special. Right. And, and me talking about that with Woody, you know, we would line up a top of the edge of the numbers. I could roll a rollout three. Or glance eight route, yeah. You know, so 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 Woody is right in making an adjustment. He's trying to every time I lined up there, I was, I'm rolling out on a three route, twelve yard out, twelve yard out, and I'm watching him. Once I got him leaning just a little bit towards that little twelve yard out, we come back with that bang eight, yeah, bang, bang eight, man. Yeah. That, that bang, bang eight, eight was special, bro. And, and back then they call him a bang eight because it's usually the hit. And Troy's going to put it on the money. like Put, put, put it on it, right. Yeah. But I, I'm reading, I would, all I'm waiting on is that one, I'm watching every time you line up, where you line up, you know, you step, just step and lean one way, now we're going to go, go right by you and glance yeah. by you. But I would tell him, I would tell him, and even weeks we're getting ready to play, I'm like, come on, man, come on up here and press, let's get some work in, I need you. I, I'm trying to beat Jerry right. Right. I need you to do your part to help me do that. Right. And so, so, so I'm gonna whoop you right here in practice. <laughs> out of love, <laughs> out of love, so you can be prepared to Jerry, so to get Jerry right to help me. You see what I'm saying? So take this beating, but it's good for you. It's good for you. Just take it, there. It's getting you ready, man. Yeah. It, it was great. They were. They were great competitive practices. Your, okay, so your daddy, Michael Irvin, is going to teach you a lesson today. <laughs> so let, let's go through this because I, I don't want to hold you too long, but I want to walk you through this. So I remember the day, Jimmy, the, 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 the breakup happened. I was in Phoenix. Yeah. And... Uh, I'm back home visiting family and I, you know, back then we didn't have social media. So I saw it actually on the news taking place right. and I turn on and turn and my buddy calls me up and says, Hey man, your boy is acting a fool in the <laughs> locker room. And I'm like, what, you, what are you talking about? So I turn on the news and it's Mike throwing a garbage can into the locker room. Like I want you to talk to media. us, man, because yeah, at the media, that was, and again, in the moment, understanding that you guys were in the moment and understood the legacy of this organization. Because I, I, I firmly believe that we could have won four or five straight with Jimmy. I would, at, at the, especially when you're watching that last dance. Man. Yeah, absolutely. You're watching that last dance, you knew. I, I, I said that too. I, 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 man, I, man, put that on my mind, man. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely should have won four in a row yeah. easily. Mm. Yeah. You know, but, but uh, okay, go ahead on, man. I, <laughs> but talk to us about what you were feeling at that time, man. I mean, because you knew it was history. Yeah, and, 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 and that was, you know, the media were all in, in the locker room, man. And I was, when I heard that that morning that what had happened, because remember, when, everybody, that broke late, yeah. late morning. 
I broke late one. I said, what the, what are you, you know, and I knew it was some issues going back and forth and I knew the media back and forth. Jerry said it. Oh, Jimmy, I heard Jimmy say it. Man, I was so hot. And honestly, at first, I, and I told Trash Can to get out of the locker room because, you know, I put some blame on the media on this because they all have friendships. So, you know, he's got friendships with Jerry and, and Jimmy. And they all, you know, snurping here, back and forth, chirping here, chirping here, and things show up in the paper, Jerry Reed, or things show up in the paper, Jimmy Reed. I, I think they stoked the fire somewhat with all right. that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Stoked the fire with all of that and, and made it because what do you do? You got, we just talked about it. Once you get to the top, now you got to fight everybody trying to get your off of it. Right. Yep. And, and, and I saw that as everybody. Media, you y'all tried to do it too. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that is everybody. So yeah, I, I was upset. And, and when they came in, they would try to get interviews. I said, I don't want to get out of here. And, and, and yeah, I talked to garbage can at me, help them get out of here. <laughs> I think y'all. It's good for you. Take it. All, all of it. All of this is garbage, is what I, symbolically what it was saying. So I'm tossing garbage at the garbage that just put me in a garbage situation. Mm-hmm. That's what that was in, in the media. Now, what's funny about that is that lady, her name's Stephanie Drury, Drury, she runs, she was running ESPN and, oh, and Steph, running the yes. countdown show. Yes. That was Steph. Did yeah. you not know that? I that didn't know Steph. that. I know Steph well, yeah. but I didn't know and that was Steph. They ultimately ended up hiring me. Right. I, uh, <laughs> so I, went, I went from throwing a garbage can at him to them being my boss. That was that was definitely Steph, man. I didn't know that. She was trying to get that is funny, man, how that works out. <laughs> so, I, I, yeah, yeah Mike, out. so so we've gone through everyone knows your career is successful and, and that's great. But then you get to a point in your life where, okay, it's time to move on. Right. And how was that? And we talked to we've talked to other guys, we talked to Darren about this quite a bit. Um, but that transition from being a player to uh, we call it civilian life, but to what's next, yeah. right? And I know, I know you're a man of faith, and your identity is in something bigger than yourself, right? And I, and I get that. But how was how was your personal identity tested? Now that you're not Michael Irvin, the football player, now you're Michael Irvin, media, whatever, whatever you transitioned into next. What was that process like for you? And and, and, and it's a great question because you're right, and, and it's such a divorce and and a tough process, and people don't think about it. Now, to give context to it, remember what I said. Uh, un- until the third grade, I felt like I was absolutely nothing, and football gave me my identity. Mm-hmm. And now, since third grade, I've lived off this identity, and now all of a sudden, it, you know what I mean? It, it, it's gone, and 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 I and I can't take it. I can't play anymore. And 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 it was that, that was a battle. Mm. That that was a battle, and I found out that certain things I thought. That I thought of myself that, that were not true, you know. I, I thought I was a strong man, um, but but I found out really what I was doing is switching addictions. There were certain things I could do in the offseason and then stop doing um, mm-hmm. because the football came around. But then I no longer had football, and everything went chaotic. Mm-hmm. You know, there was there was no control mechanism that I could turn to and say, focus in right here and straighten out everything, and and, and that left me in a tough place. Mm-hmm. For quite a while, yeah. so me, they left me in a tough place, place for quite a while. Uh, um, and then, you know, of course, when I got on, I've always wanted to do broadcasting, but it, it, and I had opportunities to do it, but my heart was still on the football field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
So, you know what I mean? And, and so until I took, got my heart back off the football field and was able to, to redirect it into this area and find the love for this and pour into it, yeah, that, that was a struggle. That was a real Real strong. Yeah, and Mike, I I, I, I was there the day that t- we went down in Philly, and it was like heartbreaking um, to, to go through that process when you had the, the, the injury. You know, I, I want you to take us back to the field at that moment when that injury happened. Take us back, and where were you mindset-wise? And what, you know, first, and I had taken some hits, like falling, and felt like, you know, I could shake. You know, shake it off. You know, yeah, you feel when you take one of those hits, it's like a stinger, yeah. the whole body shakes, but you shake it off and everything. When I laid on the field that time, and, and I remember I took the hit and I rolled over and, and they were like, uh, say something like, move your legs or cross your legs or something. She said, I'll cross your legs. My legs were crossed. And, excuse me, and I said, uh, I did. In the look on, mm. Uh, on, on, on the person's face, it's what scared me. I was like, oh. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? They didn't hide that my legs did not uncross. And I was like, whoa. You know, and then you, you I, I just felt the fear, the fear of it all. Because that's the one thing I think every football player, deep down inside, is worried about. Mm-hmm. If you ask me, the deepest, heart, darkest fear is always ending up paralyzed on the football field. And, and and to have to have had that really happen to you, that was that that was a scary situation. I I definitely thought that uh yeah that it was over. And I, and all I could think about at that time was, man, I remember that morning, little Michael, we were throwing the football. He say he kept wanting to throw it. I said I had to go. I had to go. I had to get him playing mm-hmm. the day before that. Mm-hmm. I got to go. And and, and he, I said we'll do it when I get back. We'll do it when I get back. And I thought about that. I said well. We won't be able to do it when I get yeah. back. Oh, but, 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 thank God, thank God, things things worked out, and, and I'm doing okay. I'm doing well. Yeah, man. yeah, man. I, I'm telling you, you know, I'm over here crying right now, man, because I, I remember it's like it was yesterday being on the field when that happened, like walking out from the sideline, and the guy who's been your leader all this time being on the ground, and I think there there was a point of. For, for all of us of being, you know, you have that feeling of invincibility. Mm-hmm. And then when you see your dude, like the dude, the alpha dude on the ground yeah. and can't get, man, that, that it just, it just took me back to that moment mm-hmm. because then I looked at my, looked at self and thought, man, Hey, this could be any of us. If it's going to happen to him, it could be any of us, man. And I'm glad and you shared that, man. Yeah, but it was just, it was, and for me, but it, 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 was, it didn't even seem it wasn't a big it wasn't a big hit or anything. Nope. It wasn't a devastating hit, and it was it was so hard to accept. Even beyond that, even beyond that, you know, coming. I, I tried to get back on the field because I had gone to see a lot of doctors, and 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 basically what they what I have is stenosis, a narrowing of the spinal column, and 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 they're saying you know maybe the next hit could be could be devastating. You know, mm-hmm. okay, might be unfortunate, be okay, but the next one may be devastating. And, and I really wanted to try. I really wanted to try. And the whole thing was, uh, my wife said, now, "Baby, you know, you know how you are. You're going, you're you're going to challenge yourself in that area. You're going to challenge. If if, if I think everybody's thinking about it, I'm gonna show you. I'm not scared of it." And and she said that, that right there. She said, "How can you put me through that? Yeah. How can you put us through that? Mm. 
You know, mm-hmm. I every time you get hit, we're holding our breath. And, and then I, you know, I, I finally just say I had to relent and say, okay. But, but that, that, that's just, that was a hard process. Cause you know, I, I, I often joke before that saying they want to drag me off the field. Mm-hmm. I ain't leaving. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. how much I love it. Oh, I'm not leaving this. Yeah. I'm never going to stop playing. And they literally ended up did. That's exactly what they did. They mm-hmm. carried me off the field. Yeah. I did it. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly how it happened. Wow. Man. Yeah, here, I got one question, and then Ben's going to wrap us up with our with our final question we'd like to ask all of our guests. But it's really clear that you had a hunger um, that, that really could never be quenched, right? But talk to, like, some of the listeners. We got some, you know, whether high school athletes, you know, or not, right? Because we don't want to just stop, talk to football players here. We want to talk about life in general because football is a game, right? And there's a start point and right. there's an end point. But life – and, and, and the purpose that you have is beyond just the game that you play. But you came from a background that, okay, hey, I had to hustle. I had to work. I had to be hungrier than everyone else because I had to overcome these challenges. What about those kids that are in Frisco, Texas? Or, right. you know, Scottsdale, Arizona? Mm-hmm. Or Abilene, right? Like that, okay, maybe their, their life is tough, but not in circumstances that, that they have to survive, right? And they have to do right. something. What is it that you, if you're talking to them to give them encouragement, okay, you want to be great, you know, here's what you can do. You know, you, you, you may live in the mansion or you may live in a nice house or you may not worry about your next meal, but you can still be great because I don't think it's a greatness is exclusive to right. someone that overcomes great right. challenges correct. materially, right? right? Correct. So correct. what is that your advice to those people to say, hey, listen, it's a mindset and you can control right. that. Well, well, and, 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 and you're hitting some points and hitting on some points in, in the reality of what we're discussing. Hunger is not exclusive to to uh, 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 to people without or mm. people without material things. There are other things that you can be hungry for. Um, so, 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 Grand Hill. Who came up in a in a, in a pretty good upbringing yeah. because of mm-hmm. Calvin Hill. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Yeah. You, you so well, how does Grand Hill do well because he came up in a great environment with Cal, because of Calvin Hill? Well, he was able to direct his hunger, his thirst, his thirst. It was well, not that I need another meal or not that I want a big house, but my thirst is I want to do better than my dad. Mm. I want to make my dad see my floor. Mm. I'm going to step on it and go higher. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's my thirst right there. That's my hunger. Your hunger doesn't have to be exclusive mm. to food, to a car, to a nice house. Mm. You know what I mean? What do you want more than anything and you pull on it to get anything. Right. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you want it, I, I want to. I want. If, if you, if everybody in your school, in your family, never went to school, I'm going to graduate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to be the first to graduate. You know, in the Bible, they call that a hero. And a hero in the Bible is he who goes first mm-hmm. because he opened the way, pay a path. For those that come behind, you know, we want heroes. You got to do something great and we'll call you a hero. But the reality is, the Bible says, you that go first is something great. You mm. know, so so you got to find your hunger. What drives you? And then don't stop until you drive there. 
That's just the bottom line. And it doesn't have to be just one thing. Yeah. It could be any one thing you choose. Love that. Man. Love that. Well, the, the banger that we like to end every episode with, with our guest is, is this question. And, and I caveat with, it's not necessarily anything you would change, but if you could go back to any point in your life and tell yourself one thing, where do you go and what do you tell yourself? I am going to go to the 1988. I'm going to to that young Michael Irvin that's coming in the league. I'm slapping a little butt around a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to slap his young ass around a little bit. Listen, listen, listen. You ain't going to be spending my money on some of this jewelry. So we're not going to wear it 50 years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's perfect. That is amazing. That's great. Right. Then I, but, but then I'm also going to tell them, listen, man, we got to. We got to do some things better. Because honestly, man, I tell young people now, it, it, I get to reminisce on a history. I get to reminisce on the history. Even reminiscing, as great, Darren, and, and as great as we can reminisce and we're blessed, things we accomplished, I'm so pissed that I did. I wasn't more focused, mm-hmm. that I didn't do more. I, I, I look back, I played in three straight national championship games at the University of Miami. I should have won all three of them. Mm-hmm. should have won all three of them. When, we, 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 that, that year I got hurt in Philly. God bless you. Thank you all for letting me walk again. We were undefeated. I, we we were ready yeah. to go again that year. Yeah. We just got rocking. I was like, man. So so all you know, we, we if Eric Williams wouldn't have had that oh, car accident. Yeah, we'd have won ninety four. Yeah. We'd have won ninety four even without Jimmy. Right. We'd have won that year. You know what I mean? All yeah. of these things, I they they kill my head all the time, and I still got a great life to reminisce on. Mm. Great high, great high. So I try to tell young people now. Man, I can only reminisce, understand why you are young. Right now, you are writing. You are writing your history, yeah. man. Write well. Take the, don't, don't let that dumb junk that's going to be there forever get you in the, get in the way of you making your mark mm, that will yeah. last forever. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so, so I want to tell that young dude, Something, okay, let, maybe let some of the clubbing go. Let some of it go. Hey, you know, can you let some of that mess go if it brings us two or three more championships? Yeah. You know what I mean? Just, I, I would like to talk to him, but it doesn't work that way. Yeah. It doesn't work right, yeah, that yeah. way. But, but certainly, I'm going to whoop that joke up in 88. Yeah. That's just a little bit early. Right, right when they hand him that first signing bonus, I didn't want to be right in the room. And slap his ass. Let me, let me have right it. Now. Let me have it. Right. Let me tell you something right now. What you gonna do with this? Oh, <laughs> you know. Well, Mike, man, I, man, I, brother, I appreciate you, man. Yeah, I mean, we all time, man. I've always admired you. Uh, you've always been a good friend. Always been honest, like brutally honest with me over the years, man. And I appreciate you for that, man. And and thanks for being on the on the show today. Yeah, and thanks, man, for being yeah. a leader in the community too. I know, mm-hmm. I know you've had challenges that you've overcome, and and you've had vices over your life, but you've used those and those experience and maybe those low points to help other kids, other young men avoid yeah. it. And so, thank you for that, and thank you for the, everything that you're doing, man. We appreciate you. And and, and that's ultimately what it's about. Now, because honestly, and, and, and we'll, you know, and it, because, you know, as you talk about the things that you may regret, 
on, on the football field or the things you didn't accomplish. Man, I could have accomplished this. Mm. And, and also in life, there's something, man, I wish I wouldn't have. I wish I wouldn't. But what gives me peace about it is when I get calls back, okay? Mm. Um, yeah, I was talking to Joe Mixon the other day, mm. a, a young man, yeah. you know, because I, I reach out to all the young guys that are coming in that may have had some issues prior to. And one of the things Joe Mixon said, I tell you, Joe, I said, you know, I just want to make sure that you have you know, all the things you need to be the most successful you can be, and, you know, uh, in life. And yeah. I said, you know, I, I, I want to be a resource for you in any way. And, and we were talking about it. I said, you know, when you make a bad decision, you know, he made a bad decision. He said, you know, people try to hold you to that for the rest of your life. You know, don't and I, 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 you can't let somebody make what you did who you are right. forever. Right. You know, forever. And and if it matters to you and you want to change that, then you can do that. And he's talking about the great things he's doing in the community. And and, and I was like, well, I just want to make sure that you're doing it with the uh, with the right people, the right people helping you, all of those things. But but they come to me because of those issues that right. I've had, mm-hmm. and they they ask my advice to how how they can help. So, so the only thing that helped me deal with making those bad decisions is I said, well, thank you, God, for putting me in position to help other young men. Yep. And then Amen. young men like that called me, and they always said, man, thank you for just being there, man, so somebody we can talk to. Mm-hmm. And, and as you said, dog, that makes it all worth it. That's right. right. That's it right. gives some peace to them ignorant decisions. That young joke, I don't want to slap the face. It's just some kind of beat. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. And it's cool you that know, you didn't call me, man. My number changed in like 2011. <laughs> so it's cool, man. I know sometimes it gets confusing why I didn't get that call from you, but it's cool. But I appreciate you, man. 88. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Right, Thanks, I appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. Hey, right. you guys, keep doing what you're doing, man. Keep Absolutely. making a difference. We appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. Bro. Thanks. All right, man.